Welcome to Dorks on Sports, a podcast about four dorks talking about sports. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of the program. We have uh, we have an exciting guest lineup today. Alana can't make it. She's uh, she's busy, uh, you know, living it up in uh, Las Vegas, having a good time. Uh, so we have uh, a good friend of the podcast, Matt Slinger. Thanks for joining us. I am both your biggest fan as well as your only subscriber. On That's great. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is just a full circle. Nobody's <laughs> listening to this. It is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, but honestly, you couldn't have chose better. I mean, I've, I've, I have actually watched every single one of your episodes. I usually have it on in the background, but I've, I've listened. I'm, I'm I am a big fan. I feel, See, I love that. I'm, uh, you're at a bit of a disadvantage because I, I know you all really well and mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm the loose cannon. Well, we're we're gonna get to know you and uh, and the and the rest of the like twelve list twelve listeners. That's right. We have twelve listeners. At least our twelve like, our twelves like, of listeners. Yes. Yeah, our twelves of listeners. We have Curtis over here, as always. How are you doing over there, Curtis? I'm doing well. Yeah, you look well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a lot to talk about. I'm fired oh, yes, we up do. for this one. This is so like. Yeah, buckle up, everybody, because I uh, this is this is going to be a fiery podcast. We got Millie over there. How you doing, Millie? Hey. How's the fantasy team? Doing great, doing great. You know what? Honestly, I'm feeling real good. Obviously, yep. I had a bye week last week, but uh, okay. heading into this week for my, uh, what do you call that, semifinal? I can never remember. Uh, so I'm taking on, taking on a really good team, the team that has the most points, but their you know record didn't show it kind of team. Uh-huh. So that should be that's, interesting. That's usually the team I get. Uh, yeah, yeah. who's the quarterback and, uh, for whom for this, this, this other team. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Um, <laughs> I don't pay the right attention. It's you're great. not doing, you're not doing your, uh, your research. You're not watching the tape. <laughs> what kind no, of it's fantasy football. So I only care about my team. I can't, okay, I got you. I can yeah. only beat myself in fantasy. Yeah. Mm, phrasing. Um, uh, it's Kyler Murray. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. I have Josh Allen, but I'm thinking about benching him for Joe Burrow this week. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. They've got New England, and New England is smarting after last week. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and they're going to want to put the hurt in. No, I know. That's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. Listeners, uh, maybe you should tune in. I'll tell you what, what though, um, I'm having more fun with is my consolation bracket over in the Folger Shakespeare League, where yeah. uh, the winner of the consolation bracket this year gets to choose where they draft. So oh. it's, a, it's a keeper league. So if you want to keep your first round pick, you yeah. can put yourself in the sixth spot. So when the snake draft comes around, you're in a good position. So there's reasons to actually win the consolation bracket. For me, it's mostly pride though, because I came in last. So I'm pretty sure I either get first pick or second pick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyways, as always, thanks for listening. I'm rooting for you. I'm your biggest cheerleader. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, one team is called the Fluffer Nutters. Uh-huh. And um, that's my major championship team. I like it. Yeah. And my Folger Shakespeare team is called uh, Malvolio's Revenge. For all you Shakespeare nerds out there, you can get that reference. That's a, that's a great team. Thanks. I think like we've got the Venn diagram of like Seahawks fans and Shakespeare fans, right? That's our listenership. 
I think so. I yeah, I don't know. I got a blog I, called I, Twelfth Life and, you know, Twelfth Night. Uh, <laughs> right. I like Absolutely. it. Okay. Let's go. Like, oh, listen, I have a lot of thoughts about this game. This was the most frustrating game of the season for me. And I, I'll tell you why. So, sure, the, the Seahawks beat themselves in a lot of ways. Our all-pro quarterback missed a ton of throws. The run game was actually working. Like, the best drive of the game was a, a run first smash mouth, you know, ended in some points. And for some reason, we got away from that and just started throwing deep shots. Uh, but we got jobbed by the refs. And listen. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to be making excuses about officiating or anything, but Curtis mm. on a scale of Vinny Testaverde uh, running his helmet in for a touchdown or the 2005 Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. How frustrated was this officiating for you? I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> I, I, I might have slept for an hour and a half. I shit you not. I went to bed probably around 1030, exhausted, emotionally wrecked. And I had no expectation Seattle was going to win that game. I was the only one out of the four of us last week that predicted a loss. And I thought, actually, they're going to lose pretty bad. Um, so when it looked like Seattle was going to be in it and they were maybe going to sneak this one out and, you know, the freaking refs got the call from somewhere. I'm not uh, who the fuck knows. Uh, but like there were, there were, there were phantom calls that were made against Seattle and there were like and no calls and there were no calls. There were that, at least three egregious, no calls that there. egregious pass interference. Yeah. And the Greg Gaines fucking former Huskies. So that pisses me off too. I hate it when my rival teams draft Huskies. Um, <laughs> yeah. It pisses me off every single time. I, I swear to God, they do it to troll Seahawk fans <laughs> up here. And it's like, so Gaines freaking hits, you know, Russell Wilson right in the chin with his freaking helmet while he's trying to like, you know, dump off the pass total no call. And, you know, Russ is like, who wasn't playing great, was like looking around the refs. Are you like, going, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I mean, the announcers mentioned it and stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing at the end with there is no universe out there that exists where a ref does not call pass interference. It was the, the most on, clearest example of pass was, interference. It, it you, was, you, there, there was no, there was no universe that exists where a reasonable minded ref would not call pass interference on that play at the end. And there was no call. And you know what? I cannot blame DJ Dallas at all from kicking that ball. I would have freaking kicked the ball right at the ref's head yeah, that yeah. Made on that. You know, it was like, so yeah, I didn't sleep that night. I this was actually I think, and I've watched. I've been I've been a diehard Seahawks fan since 1983 was what the year that hooked me into this team, and I I cannot remember ever sitting down and watching a game, and this including the game again and, and against uh, you know the Steelers in the Super Bowl and the, the Testaverde thing in the 90s. I cannot remember a worse officiated game where it is so lopsidedly against my team 
And so, you know, it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun discussion to get into later, but yeah, that just, that, that pissed me off more than Russell's piss poor play at the end of the game. Yeah. Russell Wilson, by the way, recorded his lowest pro football focus grade of his career. In It was game. bad. It was, it was bad. And, and it was, it was, it was, I was pretty upset with how that went down too, because what, how they started I mean that game the, the drive coming out of the half was just so magical and it was such just just textbook Pete Carroll style of football and you know that's you know I mean the Rams are our kryptonite but guess who the Rams kryptonite is it's the 49ers and what do the 49ers do they play they're a ground and pounded game that dinks and dunks yeah. And that's what we did in that drive. And, and then we, we got st- away from it. And, and we <laughs> taking some shots up over five minutes with an inaccurate quarter. And then we got it. And then we got it. And then we got out of it. I know. And here's the most frustrating thing for me is that our offensive line, I think actually played pretty well against that Rams D line. They had a good um, game. They, had a good, they game. had a good game. So Millie, my question to you, do you think your pocket locket would have been a game changer? Oh, absolutely. It was so incredibly obvious with some of those throws that were just, you're like, wait, who is he throwing to? It was like, he didn't know know. how tall anyone was, you know? (laughs) And then it was, you know, he threw, there was one, I think he, I think it was one of the ones he threw to DK where if he had just thrown it to him in stride, he would have had it. No problem but he didn't trust him to do that because that's what Lockett does. So he tried to throw a rainbow to Deke. It was, it didn't make any sense. Like, and then it happened again on the other side. Like um, who was it? Was it, um, I can't remember if it was uh, Swain or Swain. Uh, Eskridge. Eskridge. I think there was maybe one to Eskridge. That yeah. Was, and they just, they were just off in a way that you felt like it was because he, nobody is where he thought they should be as far as what he thinks of his receivers and how he likes to throw them the ball. Yeah. I've been Uh, feeling that ever since he came back from injury, his aim has just been weird. It's like he's throwing balls behind people and on the wrong shoulder. I don't know. He's overthinking it. We were right back to where we were before because Last week, one of the things I talked about was it was so nice to see that Russell, who is the Russell who you can feel like they are 100% in control of their game. There is a calmness and a focus. Those were all those things that were so great. And if, if that was even there in the beginning, it was gone five minutes into this game. And he was back to frantic. I don't know what I'm doing. And the refs aren't on my side. And, and, and here, have a ball. Yeah. Like throwing things like, yeah, here, I don't want to get hit. Totally. Like, like in the in the in the last two games that he won, he was he was playing free. Like it, it, he obviously, I think no matter how much Russ tries to deny it, he's playing hurt. I know that finger is bothering him, and that has some to do with his mechanics. But in the games that he won, he was playing free, he was playing loose, uh, he was playing instinctual, which is his game. And uh, in this one, it's like. There's a worm in his head this season, and I don't know what it is. Well, and in this, I will, you know, because I, I don't want to sound like somebody who every week either loves Russell Wilson or thinks he should just go. You know, he is still, he's still a fantastic quarterback, quarterback yes. but, and he's also dealing with a line that just can't do anything for him half the time. And we, you know, 
I don't, I don't even know how far we want to get into the, the COVID availability and ridiculousness that oh, went we'll down last there. week, yeah. but you know, and I, playing against Aaron Donald, who was, you know, designed by God to oh, beat Russell Wilson. Yeah. When, when you say things like he, you said it, that he gets in his head. I think that was you, Curtis, like that he lives in his head. Is that what you Oh said? yeah. I, he does. I, I, I think I, those I, numbers are sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, he, he is, he is feeling 99, I think whether he's there or not. I just, you know, there's, he just, I mean, there's, you know, if, 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 if there's credence to the idea that, you know, that Russ is looking to get elsewhere in the not too distant future, um, there's, there's a lot of assumptions that it's, it's Carol and the way he runs the show. I, I wonder if he wants to get out of the NFC West, just so he doesn't have to play (laughs) because he is a way different quarterback. Every time he plays that team, he he does not play a hundred percent. And yeah, no, they, they, they have his number. I I, I don't, part of it is because, you know, Seattle hasn't invested enough in the offensive line to make it, you know, to give him a, a stronger chance. Um, about you know against playing uh uh aaron donald but the other thing is is even when aaron donald is blocked i don't think russ trusts him you know well and and, and so he hurries things and and that's exactly like it's like he he sees ghosts a little Mm -hmm. bit uh when he's playing the rams he he just kind of i think expects that aaron donald is going to break through that line i don't know uh what I can tell you is that the decision to postpone that game made me furious <laughs> because <laughs> it feels like Seattle, mm-hmm. which is like the one team of all 32 teams, the NFL, who's really taking the COVID pandemic seriously, you know, up until the Omicron variant, welcome back, Matt, up until the Omicron variant, the Seattle had like, one infection this season. Okay, so now we get the the freaking Omicron COVID Rams and uh, all 53 of their players come down with COVID and they postpone and now they get Jalen Ramsey back and they get, you know, all their good players back. Meanwhile, Seattle's trending the other direction and it just feels like Seattle's getting punished <laughs> for doing the right thing. I don't know. And so this is what I want to get into this. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. But it really kind of felt like this week, the NFL was just like, well, like, like they just had it against, they, they just had it out against Seattle. Right. So it's like, oh, well, no, let's get the Rams. They got to get them healthy. Is Seattle's winning again? Well, I don't know. They might, uh, they might sneak in on a losing record and, uh, you know, beat the uh, uh, defending Super Bowl champs in the first round, you know, like they did in 2010. Um, I don't know. Matt, tell me. Who in Roger Goodell's office has it against the Seahawks? I Like, <laughs> this- let's fu- – Follow the trail here. This warms Where's the money? my heart. <laughs> this really warms my heart. Uh, I, I, I love that I've been brought in just for the conspiracy theory episode. Um, I, sw- I swear I'm not that guy either. Like, I, 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 I believe in human error. I believe that conspiracies are very, very difficult to pull off because people are terrible at lying. Having said that, every major sport, uh, 
boxing multiple times, hockey, basketball has had baseball. their share of baseball's of baseball of, yeah, of, of referee uh, uh, scandals. So it just feels like the NFL is due. They, the NFL has just put so much power into the ref's hand. They can control the tone and tempo of every game. They can change the outcome of a game or just or just throw a flag and slow it down and, mm-hmm. and maybe like stop that score from happening. And they'll be like, I don't know, holding because there's holding on every single snap in the NFL. So I, I, I don't know who specifically has it out for for the Hawks. Um, although I, I'm, I mean, I was reading 12th life this morning, of course. And, uh, I mean, it makes sense that the, that the, the Rams, they, they had to relocate to LA and the fan base isn't really there and they're going to be holding the Super Bowl there. And, and the NFL could be just scrambling to make sure that, that they get, they get their team in and that it's, it's, it's well attended because the, the Seahawks can't be spoilers in that case. Here's, here's my theory. This all goes back to 2014 when the Seahawks defeated Peyton Manning and the Broncos by like 89 points. I think the NFL was angry with Pete Carroll and the Legion of Boom and this new hotshot quarterback, Russell Wilson, for making a boring Super Bowl. And they're just playing the long game. Curtis, what do you think? You know, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, uh, but let me try and narrow them down. By the way, um, I just want to say Seattle has been uh, the, the we've had the worst calls against us. Like I just rewatched that Vinny Testaverde touchdown just because, you know, I wanted to make myself angry mm-hmm. and watching that again and reliving that moment in 1998, you know, where it was like clear that he didn't run the ball in for a touchdown and yet it got called a touchdown. Like the whole thing came on and I just had uh, like, it, it felt exactly like this Rams game and, and, and that Pittsburgh game. And why, what is it with Seattle? I think the only time we actually got a call that went our way was that, uh, that green Bay hail Mary. Oh yeah. The, 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 the fail Mary, the fail Mary. Which well, is uh, the, probably the uh, Aaron Rodgers villain origin story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here's 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 my theory on this. Uh, I too do not subscribe to the conspiracy theories that generally get floated out there. I don't even. I, I don't even think. I sort of think that Oswald acted alone. Okay, that he just (laughs) that he was just a fucking nut who uh, target practiced long enough and, you know, uh, sat in a fucking tower and and took a shot at a president and like often because he's a fucking nut. I don't think I don't think it was I don't think it was the deep state. I don't think it was the mob. I don't think it was the Russians. I don't think it was like Lyndon Bain Johnson or whatever the fuck that president was that took his place. Kennedy, I I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Dick Cheney was the mastermind behind 9-11. I just you know, there's just I, I don't buy generally buy into conspiracy theories. But here's what I do buy into, that we live in a capitalist society. And the NFL is a very, very powerful business. And football has historically 
never done well down in LA. That's true. You, anybody that knows sports down in LA knows that it is a Lakers town and then it is a Lakers town and then it is a Lakers town and then it's a Dodgers town and then it's probably USC football town and then it's probably UCLA basketball town and then after that we start <laughs> dealing with the Kings and we start dealing with the Rams and the fucking Chargers that are in there now so that the NFL knows this and they need the Rams and the Chargers to make a shit ton of money down there and fill out those seats and get those like fair weather come from all over people that are trying to like be like fucking, you know, uh, stand up comedians and find their way, you know, on television shows and all that sort of shit. And like, and they're from different parts of the country. Like people are down there and they're Philly fans. People are down there and they're like, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a city they're transplants. Like, they're like yeah. Brooklyn fans, you know? Right. And so like in, in 1994, that city lost two professional football teams because they weren't generating enough money. And it took them like, you know, over two decades to get back, to get, you know, two teams back into that gigantic market. So they're hosting it. I'm not going to say that like the, the league, you know, <laughs> manipulated this game. And, but here's, 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 here's what I'm, <laughs> Here's what I'm sort of feeling. Uh, they uh, they're hosting the Super Bowl down there. They would probably it would probably be really great for the league if the Rams got their uh, you know were able to sort of copy what you know Tampa Bay did last year and playing in a Super Bowl in their own city. Um, There was probably very little expectations that Seattle, with given you know the the rash of injuries, how bad the team has been playing, that they would go down there and uh, beat a Rams team that has pretty much owned them ever since Sean McVay became the mm -hmm. head coach, and has actually kind of owned Seattle a bit, even when that terrible coach of Jeff Fisher was, you know, mm -hmm. there they've they just they've they, for for over the last decade in the Pete Carroll era, the Rams have been yeah, the Rams so have been the bugaboo yeah. team. So it's like you know, they they push the game back from like Sunday to Tuesday and that hugely benefited the Rams. Yep. And it hurt the Seahawks. Yeah. And now the Seahawks have to go into Chicago and, on a short week. And then going in, going, going, going into halftime, miraculously, uh, you know, Seattle played up to, you know, beyond expectations and uh, they went into the half with a three, three tie <laughs> came out of the half and led Scored a, a touchdown. gorgeous, you know, five and a half minute touchdown drive to get up, you know, seven points. And it was a 10-10 game going into the fourth quarter when all of a sudden these calls and these no calls started to happen. Yeah. I think, I mean, listen, so I'm not I'm not saying, I'm not saying that this is a, some deep state NFL conspiracy thing going on there but there's a lot of shit that when you look at it and you look at the way everything you know 
trans, you know, every, everything just sort of, I don't even can't, can't even say the word to describe it. And that how everything, do your own research down. is what you're saying. What's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do your own research. I, I, I have. I, I looked into the future. Curtis has mm-hmm. a YouTube account uh, a, a year and a half from now, and he's doing YouTube videos about uh, the the deep state conspiracy against the Seattle Seahawks. Millie, I mean, what's I your think, take? I think it's more the deep state conspiracy to make sure that the Rams freaking win. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the whole and going back to that whole like you know, NFC championship game, you know, down in new Orleans a few years back. And that stupid, you uh-huh. know, uh, that, that no call on that game that cost, you know, uh, Sean Payton and, and, you know, Drew Brees the opportunity to get back to their second Super Bowl. Yep. You know, I mean, there's just, there's just, there's, 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 there's sort of like, there's just sort of like a dark cloud around, you know, how you know calls benefit the los angeles rams you know yeah well, i think calls yeah. benefit we talked about it before we started i'm seeing calls benefit la teams and then they benefit california teams and i felt like i saw it tonight on thursday night football in the first half of the game with tennessee uh and then tennessee just said no we're gonna win this game no matter what but I do feel like last week, early on, I was a, um, I was a, wouldn't say defender, but an understander of what was happening. Our game was going to get pushed, but so were two other games. It wasn't just our game. So I didn't feel quite so persecuted, but it did seem like for these three games, it was this sort of well, we think these teams have a great shot for the playoffs and you're underdogs Mm -hmm. and you're not the biggest markets. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to do this. Yeah, we'll put you at four o'clock on a Tuesday. Right, that's, (laughs) yeah. And I think that's where a lot of of people, even though it was more than one team, and even I was like, it does seem curious. But I did also feel that, you know, the the intention behind the rules that were made for this year for COVID were mostly made to help reinforce why it was important that players get vaccinated and that, you know, to play as a team, you all need to get vaccinated to protect each other and to keep yourselves playing or you could um, you could have to forfeit. Like, you know, there were consequences. But because something came along that it didn't really matter if you were vaccinated, it's clear that if you, especially if you got your vaccine earlier, you know, this, this, this new Omicron variant and, and it's just suddenly exploding. And that wasn't something that we knew was a, a high probability thing. Like, you know, I, I, I made the excuses. I felt like there was some rationale to the decisions that were made. But as things progressed, I definitely started to feel like these choices are being made for financial reasons that, you know, I've read a few different things. There's feelings about um, even within the, I, can't, I don't know if it's the NFLPA. The, 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 the NFL, center, yes, the, the NFL the- was going to postpone at least the Seahawks Rams game. And I think there was one other, I, I only know the Seahawks game because that's the news I was reading, but 
it was going to not postponed. It was, it was going to get canceled and the Seahawks were going to be awarded the win. The NFLPA stepped in because the players protested. They wanted their game check because if a game gets canceled, then the players don't get their game check. So instead of having a big long fight with the NFLPA, the NFL instead postponed the game. To- sure. There's that. Then there's also the story that I was reading, which is the, um, and I'm not sure if it's the NFL PA it's one of the groups of, of players association type deals. And the, the, like the chair is the center for the Browns. So they felt there was some feeling amongst many players that if, if, if it wasn't the Browns involved in all of these problems, this, this, uh, this individual would not have pushed so hard to make all of this happen, but it was his yeah. team. So all of a sudden Ooh. it was way more Here's important conspiracy that their game, the money. right? I mean, it, all it, the money, this is, this is constantly it, it, goes back yeah. to who has the power and, has, and yeah. where is the money and who benefits from it. Yeah. But also it, you know, it, it is a business and of course that's going to play into it. And we try to make it sound like these things are all created with these altruistic ideals. And at the end of the day, it is a business. You know, especially um, the NFL, which is like a huge monolith, right? But it's, here's where as a fan, it's so frustrating is it did feel like, oh, Seahawks, you're like eliminated anyway, but we weren't and we're not. We're and still we're not, not technically. We, and it's, yeah. it's mind blowing that especially for a team that has come out of nowhere multiple times mm. to get deep into or into a a super bowl like this is not a team you should ever count out at that stage so yeah, no and i felt like that was kind of how all of these decisions went so there, it's just such a big screw you to the fan bases we're like i get why you would maybe want to make this monetary decision because it looks more likely for the rams to go far and a great opportunity for their franchise and their new location and all of that but you're taking away my path you're making it more difficult for mm-hmm. my team to get further and then Oh, I had another thought. I just lost it. But it, it's just, it's not fair. And it's the same thing with the calls. That's the other thought it, with these refs is I'm not saying we would win this game. What I'm saying is you took away the opportunity. You took yes. away our chance yes. by making up shit or yes. not seeing things that were clear and obvious. And did any of you see the Adrian Peterson posts yes like, yeah, yeah children yeah. crying like it's so dramatic but at the same time i mean it's, that's that's it right it's like you took away a a possible path mm-hmm. and gave me the 0.01 percent chance and and it's not right and the fact that i understand that challenging things like pass interference just <laughs> became such a huge minefield but at the same time when you have these moments it's like somebody's got to be able to do this and to say that even new york can't come in and stop it like that's why we gave them this power so why can't they when it is that think, clear and obvious why can't new york stop the game i wish pi should be uh, a challengeable um you know yeah penalty. absolutely bill belichick like about three or four years ago on the competition committee, he was lobbying hard for the ability to, um, to challenge penalties yeah. and, uh, and, and, and non-calls. And yeah. I thought it was a fucking great idea. Yeah. Um, but like the league, 
you know, didn't want to do it. And the excuse was, was just like, oh, well, it'll draw the game out and blah, blah, blah. And it'll, you know, all the refs are going to be second guessing themselves about everything. And it's just like, who the fuck cares? You know, we want to see, we want to see the game called consistently right. By the way, I just want to say Adrian Peterson, like he's dressed one game and he played like six snaps, but he tweets like he's been a diehard Seahawks fan for 25 years. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like that energy. I don't know. I love this like grandpa Peterson uh, like on the Seahawks and not playing. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Adrian Peterson. Welcome to Seattle. This stuff, this stuff with the reps, it, you know, whether it rises to the level of like just incompetence or grand scale conspiracy, it takes away what little joy remains in the game when you, you know, you pretty much know the season is over. You pretty much know the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era is probably coming to end. So just, would you just let me enjoy these last just few let games? Just exactly. I don't expect exactly. to beat the Rams. Let us, let, I don't expect to beat the Rams, but just let me like watch a couple of cool plays and maybe it's a close game or something. And then they drop in the complete X factor of, uh, oh, no, no. At any point, we can we can just destroy your world. Did the NFL, the did they go I think the NFL went, uh, listen, Seattle, the Seattle Mariners are coming up. Seattle's like, they got that. Like we, we, we can, we can, we can bring the Seahawks down a little bit. I don't know. So we're going, we could stay with all the, 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 the capitalistic sort of motivations of the NFL deep state and going like, man, if we get the Seahawks to really tank it and poop all over themselves for these remaining games. Ooh, ooh, we can get and Russell Wilson, Wilson in New York. Going to demand a trade to the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah, we'll get Russell yeah. Wilson in New yeah, York. We'll get and Russell the, Wilson in the biggest market. The Giants organization. Oh, Curtis, you hit it. It's like, I, <laughs> folks, I think we just figured out the conspiracy. We figured it it's out. That's win. it. Oh, man. Get used right, to Danny so- Dimes in Seattle next year. <laughs> <laughs> So That's what the NFL Ch- wants. We're going into Chicago in a short week. Our our all pro quarterback, who's got a gimpy finger, just ended up on the uh, injury report again with a with a bum ankle. Uh, full participant, but uh, he tweaked something in the Rams game. Uh, one of the linemen fell on him weird. So we got game. we got Russell Wilson with a rolled up ankle. Uh, we got Tyler Lockett still out on COVID. Uh, whew. And Chicago on a short week. Chicago, by the way. Lockett's back. Sorry. He's, he's oh, off. is he? He's back. Oh, uh, well, that's good. That's that. That's good news. That, that gives us a little bit of hope. Chicago is a team that this season has been the kind of team that can beat the crap out of the Seahawks, right? Like a good defense and like a quarterback who can make all the throws, even though he's not very good. Uh, our linebackers can just, you know, leave holes 25 yards wide open uh, for quarterbacks to complete those like little soft zone passes. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm not feeling great about this one. I, I'm not I'm not feeling great. And I'm just gonna give my prediction right here. I think it's gonna be I hate to say it. I think it's gonna be 13 Seahawks and like 20 Chicago. <laughs> I'm shocked that you Arch. would say that. I'm I, I have I have zero faith. I th- there is a giant depressive 
<laughs> Seahawks 12 cloud Ooh. just raining all over me. Black and I'm, white striped cloud. That's, it's that's it. I I I don't I have no, I don't I have no idea what to think. I feel like Pete Carroll, which is just you know confused, sad, old. <laughs> Soiled Bears underwear. are really bad. You know that, right? Like they're actually really bad. Yeah, they are. I, I, ah, I looked at. You have a hell of a defense, at, though. What's that? They Their have a hell of a defense. Their defense looks good. The, yeah, but they give up a lot of yards on the ground. That, right. that's if we thing. would stick to the run game. Okay. Here's if we would go like, oh, this DJ Dallas kid, he's uh, running four point eight yards uh, a carry. No, no, we, he doesn't need to run it anymore. Let's take the deep shot. Let's have Russell Wilson throw uh, to DK Metcalf uh, under, uh, you know, into double coverage. Or let's throw it at DJ Dallas's back on fourth down. <laughs> <laughs> Still should have been a PI. <laughs> I totally, absolutely, absolutely. What's your What's your prediction, Millie? Oh, um, I don't want to go yet. Okay, Curtis, give me your prediction. Uh, I think Seattle is going to comfortably win this one. Uh, I, I hope so. The Bears are playing with a rookie quarterback who's thrown seven touchdowns and ten interceptions. He hasn't been very good. Uh, they're one of the worst scoring red zone teams in the NFL. Seattle has one of the best uh, red zone defenses in the That's NFL. That's true. That's true. Um, By the way, bonkers uh, stat. Seattle is... <laughs> like 32 in uh yards of their defense is number 32 in yards and like number four in points number four in points uh i think they're maybe that's a, that's a bonkers third downs like there's a lot of stats it means they give up all their third downs then they have a stout uh red zone defense they're, they're, they're not a good pass seattle's not a good pass rushing team and uh they give up a lot of yards but they hold it's they're a weird it's a weird defense i can't tell if it's good or if it's bad i suppose it's good carol's a good defensive-minded coach i just don't like it i want to see a team that sacks the quarterback on more of Fire a can level. Level. See in front of yes. and pass coverage yeah almost an interception. yeah it's just i just okay i think seattle's gonna win this game i think they're gonna win this game comfortably uh 24 13 i think they're gonna they're gonna go back to the tape and they're gonna just they're they're gonna run penny they're going to run Dallas. Uh, Russell's going to do what he does best off of play action, and they're going to have Lockett back. And I just think it'll be, you know, three touchdowns and a field goal, and maybe uh, Fields does something at the end to earn some garbage points. All right. I like it. Matt, give me a prediction. Uh, I'm going four touchdowns and a field goal. So third, 31 21 i think uh with yeah some garbage time garbage time points thrown up at the end okay um, uh, especially just getting getting pocket lock it back that's that's good for two right there that 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 changes things yeah yeah it's a uh, russell and Lockett have always had a great chemistry but it's really shown up this season um and i'm sure glad that Lockett's going to be on the team for a while millie so uh, before i give my prediction uh the thing that i couldn't sleep uh, last week after our podcast was because I said something that later made me hang my head in so much shame. 
So I just, nobody heard it probably really, but me. And so for my 12. No, I heard it, but I ignored it. Are you offering a correction here? Yeah, no, I'd like to correct for the record that I believe that the Rams are the Seahawks kryptonite. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I said it opposite. And then I just rode that like fantasy train. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're their kryptonite. We're going to kick their asses. I mean, I (laughs) thought of it later. I was like, what? It wasn't the 49ers. Like, where did you go on that train? And uh, it was the wrong train in the wrong direction. I, list, I think I and wanted to buy into the And they didn't say, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it's okay. I appreciate that they decided to just let me ride my fantasy train. But I had to say something for my own peace of mind because I really did like I, the anxiety over the fact that I misspoke in such a way was overwhelming for me. Um, as far as this game goes, guys, oh, no, no, no. The Bears are really bad. And I was just looking at some stats. I mean, last week they converted two of 12 third downs and they were one of five in the red zone. Yeah, that's they are bad. Real bad. They, put, they can put up some yard numbers, but they can't deliver. So I definitely think we win this game. I'm just not... Their defense is decent. Um, I'm not sure that we look too much better. I think we're going to be out of sync. I think we're going to be tired. I'm still not 100% sure who we've got playing for us. So with that said, I think we win. But um, I don't think we're going to put up the numbers that the rest of you do. So I'm going to say it's a win. um, 17-7. Oh, low score. That's a good win. Yeah, that's a good win. That's a win. That's a win by 10. Yeah, uh, I like it. Okay. Well, you know, if Carlos Dunlap uh, can repeat his performance against the Rams, we oh. we have a good shot. Uh, that was that was Dunlap. nice. That he was like tripled watch. his sacks this year. Uh, you know, this Tuesday. Uh, that was I, I good for him. I, I like Carlos Dunlap. And then then Quandre Diggs getting his uh, fifth int of the uh, of the season is always yeah, fun. For sure. Um, since he joined the Seahawks, I he's got like the second most interceptions in the league or something like that. Pay the man, Seahawks. Pay the man. That that guy that that nobody, cat is good. Nobody runs around quite like Earl Thomas did after he got an interception, but Quandre is close. Where you just see them like like. Yeah, they're like doing, they're like like carving a fish scale up the field, like trying to. Like, I'm gonna run over here. I'm gonna double back. I'm gonna run over here. I'm gonna double back. I'm faster than everybody, but eventually you'll catch me because the camera is gonna straight catch line. Up to me. One of these days he's gonna take it to the house, and, uh, and I'm gonna scared of running that. a straight line. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Well, the Seahawks still have a mathematical shot. Uh, you know, it's not um, a realistic one, but uh, stranger things have happened. First season, Pete Carroll coached the team. Uh, they went into the playoffs on a losing record and beat the Super Bowl defending Saints. So, who knows? Let's jump. I want to work out with some stuff. And Matt, since you're the guest, we're going to start with you. What 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 are you dorking out on this week? First, you know, for the five people who've been waiting for resolution on this, I, I really want to circle back to the fact that I think movies have gotten darker in general. Um, I fully, fully admit I need to get my eyes checked, but I just want to also say there's a bunch of directors out there like Denis Villeneuve who just hate lighting. They just hate <laughs> lighting scenes. They're like, no, let's just shoot this in natural lighting. 
in this the is a callback to the episode we had a few uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For again, for for those really diehard dorks on sports fans, uh, yes, my eyes are going bad, and scenes are getting darker, but not all scenes. Um, no, my, the thing I'm dorking out on these days, uh, I don't I don't read a ton of sci-fi series. Reading a book typically puts me to sleep really quickly, so it takes me a long time to get through stuff. But but I'm in a, I'm in a book club at work, which is pretty cool. And someone suggested this. It's the dorkiest sounding title. We are Legion. We are Bob. <laughs> by by Dennis Taylor. It's it's book one of the Bobiverse. And um and I just listened to it entirely on Audible. It's the first series I've ever listened to on Audible. I'm well. already so sold. I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it in the car on the way to work and on the way home and. Uh, it's read by Ray Porter, who I haven't listened to a ton of stuff, but I've now listened to six books that he's narrated, and he's got to be one of the best in the biz. Just a terrific, terrific reader, storyteller, does all the different voices and accents. And the basic premise, without giving too much away, is uh, Bob, just a guy, Bob, you know, engineer, software engineer, did pretty well for himself, decided to, he doesn't have like a family or, you know, kids to pass money on to, so he just puts all of his money into this company that's going to basically freeze his brain, cryo freeze, just his brain, sort of capture his personality and his memories. And, and uh, you know, by, by the end of chapter one, he's like out. And then he wakes up like 130 years later. Um, and he's the only kind of successful attempt at this. Not quite an AI, more like a replicant because it is his personality and his thoughts and his dreams. Um, and, I mean, it's a, it's it's a weird premise, but it it like it it really works because 130 years from now is a very it's a believable level of future for us to imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more war going on, like countries are fighting over different stuff, and now this guy, yeah, is I know that sort tracks. Of, yeah, yeah, uh, and this guy essentially has to has to help humanity save itself because he's like he's the fastest thinker, the smartest, but also still like human intentions not just pure ai so i don't know got to the end of the first book and i was like you know what i kind of want to find out what happens and now now i'm four books in uh the last book i don't want to like dissuade anyone from getting into it but the last book i listened to was 12 hours long wow that's how hooked i got on this on this premise and this particular narrator so we are legion we are bob that's what i'm dorking out I like it. I'm going to check it out. That sounds really interesting. Millie, what are you dorking out on? Um, I am dorking out on holiday movies. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, what are you watching? You know, uh, let's see. Late this afternoon, I did finally watch the uh, second installment of The Princess Switch. Um, <laughs> Is that a bad. Hallmark? Not bad. I got a, a Netflix I have okay. to say my, I, I've watched quite a few. I find them to be the easy candy that my brain needs right now in this time of year. And of course, you know, there's, there's sort of different categories, the animated and, and the, and the rom-coms and the family friendly and, you know, the super saturated Santa Claus North Pole st- stuff, you know, there's, there's all these different sort of sub genres, right? My favorite so far has been uh, the rom-com uh, single all the way, super unfortunate title. Great title, but um, it is a it is a 
uh, a gay rom-com of this, this man goes back home for Christmas and he brings his, his friend and everybody knows they should be together, but they're not because they're friends. And it's a very just, I just really enjoyed the story. I love that. It's a crazy idea. Um, his family like is, is really nice and thoughtful and, um, he, he, he was, hasn't been an orphan since he was two. Uh, he's not in the music industry. Like all of these tropes that you get in the Hallmark stories. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good one and it feels good. And even, you know, the obstacles are not huge. It's, it's not life and death. And it's just a really nice romantic comedy. All right. So, single all the way. Single all the way is yeah. definitely my favorite. I can see why a lot of people like the, there's a, what is it? A, a castle for Christmas, which is filmed entirely in Scotland, uh, which is a bonus. Uh, and it's, it's older people. So it's Carrie Elways and uh, Brooke Shields. Carrie Elways, uh, Brooke Shields. Yeah, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, what? so a rom-com for the rest you of buried us. buried the lead, Millie. This is the movie I want to see. <laughs> and this is the movie I wanted to see too. But um, <laughs> for me, it just didn't <laughs> deliver on all levels. At Brooke Shields. Oh, don't say that never got oh, there for me but brooke shields like didn't get there for me but she may still do it for you so, i'm sure you know. she does that's a, that is a <laughs> that is a handsome woman she is, a, um, she is i have i have definitely woman. been uh enjoying the rom-coms i haven't found my like wholesome christmas movie yet uh i'm gonna give uh a, you have a, a couple more days a boy called christmas or a boy named christmas is on my list i've heard some good things about that one or I might just rewatch Claws, which was my favorite from a couple These years ago. These titles all sound like, uh, you know, in 30 Rock, when Jack Donahue would always like, pitch some TV shows to Liz Lemon. That's what these titles sound like. <laughs> Claws with a K. It's, it's animated. It was nominated for an Academy Award. It was, it's lovely. If you're looking for one to watch with your, with your family, with children, Claws with a K on Netflix. Claws with a K. All right. I, this is, I have, I've been, I've been deep in rehearsals um for um decidedly not holiday uh play it's very intellectual and sciencey and i haven't really been able to get into anything the holiday spirit but i have a tradition on christmas eve where at night i wrap all the gifts that i'm going to be giving my family and i watch a star wars movie and that's the star wars is christmas to me because i always watch a star wars movie and which is why i was really excited you know when the last jedi came out well i don't know what was the last star wars movie that came out the the rise of skywalker, rise, rise of skywalker. and it came out like during the christmas season i was like oh, yeah star wars is a christmas movie because star wars is a christmas movie for me so i was gonna do that i was gonna watch some empire strikes back but Matrix Res Resurrection just dropped on HBO. Yeah. So I think uh, I think I'm going to change up my tradition a little bit. I think I'm going to watch some uh, Matrix Resurrection. I, I'm also going to try to see the new Spider-Man because the internet is just it for me. Curtis, what are you dorking out about? Um, uh, I'm not allowed to talk about Hawkeye. because I know. See, I'm not allowed to talk about Hawkeye either. Um, so we'll save that but it was, but it was really good uh yeah just so enjoyable um i don't know not a lot 
you know, we watched uh, Charlie Brown Christmas last night. Uh, with our uh, our young child. Uh, is this the first? And, is this the first experience they've had with Charlie Brown Christmas? Uh, it is. It is. He's All only right. three, he's only just a little over three years old. Um, and I think he was a little bored and kind of wanted this uh, this other kids show that's on Apple TV called Stillwater, which is this sort of Zen panda that uh, that has befriended all these young kids and it's something that he's really into that daddy has no intention of watching with him um just not my jam he's already like like six foot tall so he's working on his dunks on the side (laughs) i am three years old but six feet tall yeah he's gonna be like you know eight foot nine you know by the time he's 11 is he gonna Um, play for the sonics when they uh, come back to seattle oh one That's for another dream. podcast. One can dream. One can dream. Uh, I haven't. We did the Charlie Brown Christmas. I haven't seen the Charlie Brown Christmas in a number of years. Um, have any of you watched that one recently? <laughs> Not recently. It has been a long time. I mean, it was a it was a staple growing up. It's a lot darker than. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Charlie Brown is like is in a deep depression <laughs> from the opening yeah. credits all the way through. Yeah, Charlie I mean, Brown was depressed about it. It's like just we like, had the language just, for that. It was. I mean, it is really. I mean, it's 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 a short about depression during the holidays. He's just like he's walking around going like. I don't know why everybody likes Christmas. I know I'm supposed to like this thing, but I just, I'm just depressed. I just, I can't get into this thing. And like Linus. Imagine a mid pandemic, Charlie Brown. I I need it. That's, that needs to be a special. It's a very COVID Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah, That was never one of my favorite, favorite. Uh, I think, you know, I like the pumpkin one. Oh yeah, yeah. The Halloween, the Halloween one, I, I liked more than yeah. others. But yeah, Charlie Brown's depression is is just so heavy, and I think uh, I related to it as a kid. As, as, as I related to Lucy as a, a kid, so you know. No, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I really wanted to make my own, you know, psychiatrist is in five cent thing. Like, yeah, come talk to me. I'll fix all your problems. Um, <laughs> and I'll be all mean right. to you. Well. <laughs> so, um, before we start signing off, I do just want to say to our 12s of listeners that um, whatever you celebrate, um, and if you've already celebrated or if your celebrations are yet to come this year, um, happiest of holidays, happy new year. And um, I just hope you get to at least speak with people you love at this time of year. It's a hard time. Hang in there. And it is a hard time. Hours. And, you know, like uh, throw on our podcast if uh, if you're if you're feeling down you know we can cheer you up you always got us with all of our paranoid thoughts yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right uh check out curtis's blog 12life.com matt uh we really appreciate you hanging out with us and yeah matt you're great program alana we miss you a lot we're glad you're having a great time there in las vegas my name is daniel for curtis millie matt alana the rest of the 12 saying goodbye and go hawks go hawks go hawks